0: New Year's Eve fireworks we used to have in Vancouver all the time. We haven't had them for several years. Happy
1: new year! Now on the news hour, bringing in a new year amid old criticism of the so called no fun city. What will it take to see large scale public celebrations make a comeback? Plus,
2: in this case, unfortunately, there was no working
3: smoke alarms.
1: We saw the smoke coming from the house. It was pretty chaotic tragedy and frantic moments in a Vancouver neighborhood as a deadly house fire explodes on New Year's Eve And
4: I think it will be a big draw for anybody who who grew up in Vancouver.
1: An iconic mainstay gets a major facelift the labor of love to revitalize a long-standing landmark nearly a decade in the making.
5: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening, thank you for joining us, and Happy New Year. We begin with tragedy this New Year's Day and a reminder to check your smoke alarms. That warning coming from fire officials on the heels of a fatal house fire that left one senior citizen dead and his spouse narrowly escaping. Kamal Khamally has our top story
6: a house fire in East Vancouver that claimed the life of a 70 year old man. Vancouver Fire Rescue Services says the blaze broke out just before 9 p.m. Saturday night at a home near Boundary Road and Kingsway. Nearly 50 firefighters battling to contain the second alarm blaze that spread throughout the second story.
7: That's really sad, especially it being, you know, New Year's Eve and such.
6: Neighboring residents waking up with the tragic news to start the new year. fire crews told us it was a 70-year-old man that passed away, unfortunately. Oh, he passed away? Eason lives next door, watching the fire break out, fearing for his neighbors. Obviously, I was concerned for the the neighbors. I've known them for quite a while, and they've been uh, quite nice to us. He knew the 70-year-old man only as Trevor, often seeing him gardening outside his home. Whenever I would see him um, come out of his house, I would always say hi to him, and yeah, I didn't really get to know him on a personal level, but he overall seemed like a good guy vancouver fire says by the time crews arrived the senior had already suffered severe burns and smoke inhalation he died on scene his spouse got out unscathed
2: it seemed like both were awake on different uh, levels um and they're just in different parts of the house fire crews say the
6: alarms inside this home were old and not functioning in this
2: case unfortunately there was no working smoke alarms Uh, that notified when this fire took place. The notification was because of the other person that was there that heard um, a bang or small explosion uh, from the fire.
6: Crews say the fire does not appear to be suspicious. Investigators are now looking into the cause of the blaze while providing an old reminder for this new year to make sure smoke alarms inside your home are always working. Kamel Karamali, Global News.
1: And on Vancouver Island, fire crews in Port Alberni are investigating an early morning house fire in the 3500 block of 10th Avenue. One person was hospitalized in unknown condition. The cause of that fire is also under investigation tonight. A lot of New Year's Eve revelers may be moving a bit slower than usual today. A lot of partiers took advantage of the lack of pandemic restrictions for the first time in years last night to ring in 2023. The return of unregulated major gatherings meant large crowds gathered in Vancouver's downtown core to usher in the new year last night. It was boisterous, loud and bustling with the party lasting well into the morning. The increase in activity downtown also meant an increased police presence to match it. Vancouver police say the night went off largely without a hitch.
8: So as you can see, there's a, a large crowd tonight on Granville Street. Everyone um, is in a good mood, in a festive mood. Everybody's really excited to ring in the new year. We do have a, a large presence of our officers uh, in the Granville Entertainment District, as well as other parts of the city, Yaletown and Gastown. And we're here just to ensure the safety of everyone.
1: Before the pandemic, Vancouver sporadically hosted big public parties to mark the start of a new year, but that hasn't happened in a while. Now there's a growing push from within the new city council to bring back large-scale celebrations, not only for New Year's, but throughout the year. Grace Key now on the push to move past that stubborn, no-fun city moniker. (laughs)
4: While cities from around the world celebrated 2023 with a bang. In Vancouver, fireworks fizzled with the pandemic.
8: Um, we're just going to the Roxy for New Year's, switching sure. it up a little bit. And There's inside. nothing else
4: to do. <laughs> Concord's New Year's Eve, Vancouver, was supposed to take place this year at the new False Creek location, but organizers were forced to cancel due to escalating costs and challenges in securing workers. Vancouver's new ABC Council looks to bring back a family-friendly event next year.
0: I think we're open to working with community partners uh, who are interested in doing something like this but what we want need to do as a city is to make it as easy as possible to make these events happen. So we need to have a clear process, we need to clear up any uh, unnecessary regulation or red tape that's getting in the way and the city also needs to actively be encouraging this sort of thing happening and not just on New Year's Eve, all year, especially in the summer.
4: The Granville Promenade returned to the Granville Entertainment District for its second summer. There has been plenty of discussion on ways to revitalize the area.
1: You know a lot of Uh, progress is made when you have a vision right from the top that this is a mandate. This is what we want to do. We want to work together to to put forward events. So I think uh, the businesses in an area like the Granville Entertainment District um, would say that there's been a resistance to bring all parties to
4: the table in order to work together. The city is still looking into establishing a nighttime mayor or ambassador who liaises between nightlife industries and city officials.
0: In terms of street festivals and closing streets for weekends and that sort of thing, uh, we just need to work with the BIAs and and make sure we're all on the same page of course, but also make it easier um, to have those sort of festivals and encourage that sort of thing happening.
4: Announcements are expected from Mayor Ken Sim and his new ABC party on ways to support the city's arts, culture and entertainment sectors and get rid of Vancouver's moniker of being the no fun city. Grace Key, Global News.
1: Travelers touching down in Vancouver from Hong Kong today were among the last to enter the country without having to adhere to new restrictions that take effect in a few days. As we first told you last night, the federal government is reimposing an old rule for a negative COVID-19 test result for travelers from China, Hong Kong and Macau. But critics say the measure will be ineffective when it comes to stopping the spread of variants. Chris Hedow
9: reports. The flight to YVR relatively straightforward for many of these travellers. Arriving in Canada on some of the last few flights from Hong Kong without travel restrictions.
6: Yes, I'm one of those ones. <laughs> I guess I'm lucky.
3: Lucky that we, we are just before the restrictions start.
9: Air travellers arriving from China, Hong Kong or Macau will now need to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test. Tests must be done two days before they board their plane. An inconvenience some passengers say will do little to limit the spread of COVID. Without the PCR test, test locally in, in the airport, you no, know, it's not going to help.
3: It's a short-term measures, I would say, just like uh, the very, at the very beginning of the COVID. On Saturday, the
9: federal government says the temporary measures are in response to the surge of COVID-19 in the People's Republic of China and because of the limited epidemiological and viral genomic sequence data available on these cases. Despite this, one infectious disease expert doesn't believe the new rules will make a difference.
0: We know these focused travel measures don't don't really do much in, in terms of changing the course of the trajectory of the epidemic in Canada.
9: Dr. Bolgosh adding travel restrictions have not worked in previous years at stopping the spread of possible emerging variants.
0: By the time uh, you find a new variant of concern in point A it's already in point B, C, D, and
9: E. China has been struggling to keep up with a surge of COVID-19 infections and deaths in recent weeks. This passenger just spent two months in China and describes the situation as getting worse each day.
6: You know, the number in in China is like a a huge, huge population, right? Most of my, my, my relatives in China, like they... They, they, they get all uh, infected.
9: Meantime, the new rules will go into effect on January 5th, but whether they will be enough to stop the spread of COVID and any possible emerging variants remains up in the air. Krista Dow, Global News. An unusual sight for some Vernon residents this New Year's Day when a hot
1: air balloon suddenly had to make an unplanned landing in a parking lot. The pilots of two balloons had taken off for their annual private New Year's Day flight, but there was not enough wind. The first pilot took off, but had to land back where he started. The second pilot, ended up having to land in the parking lot of an apartment complex. A ground team responded to help guide him down, but some people on the ground watching his ordeal also ran to help land the balloon safely.
0: We didn't go far. We sort of went over towards uh, 27th and then back.
2: Yeah, it was just, there's not much wind. It's all over the place
0: today. I prefer getting somewhere. (laughs) We saw a lot of uh, north end of Vernon, that's for sure. It just kept changing on us. We do our best with what we've got and we've got these nice lines in our baskets in case we ever need uh, people to just pull us to a safe spot and so i didn't want to hit a roof or a car
1: now these pilots are actually pros they regularly participate in the vernon winter carnival a large container ship is being repaired in Victoria after it became stranded off Vancouver Island's west coast. The 300-meter-long MV GSL Eleni was towed to Ogden Point after it experienced a rudder malfunction off the coast of Tofino. The Greater Victoria Harbour Authority says repairs are expected to take at least four days. It's unclear what type of cargo it's carrying, but the goods on board are per International Maritime Organization and Transport Canada regulations. According to Vessel Finder, the ship sails under the Liberian flag. Surrey RCMP are investigating a late night crash that led to the temporary closure of some lanes. Police say just after 11:30 last night, a vehicle heading south along the 5400 block of King George Boulevard, Boulevard, rather towards South Surrey, ended up slamming into a light standard and some trees. Both southbound lanes were closed to traffic for several hours while investigators combed the scene and crews dealt with the damage on the roadway. Anyone with information about the crash is asked to contact. Surrey RCMP businesses in the city of Vancouver are now required to charge customers more for paper and reusable shopping bags. Starting today, it'll cost you 25 cents for a paper shopping bag and $2 for a reusable bag. When the plastic bag ban took effect one year ago, merchants were required to charge at least 15 cents per paper bag and $1 for each reusable bag. The 25-cent single-use beverage cup fee has not increased. Businesses keep the bag and cup fees. Another scam warning as we start the new year. Text messages purportedly from Canada Post are circulating. The fake texts look like this one and are not from Canada Post. The scam asked people to click on a link to accept $50 Canadian in compensation for holiday package delays. Again, do not click on any links. Canada Post warns about these types of scams on its website, stating this is likely another example of a phishing attempt to collect customer information for the purpose of committing fraud. Next on the news hour, taking the plunge into the new year.
8: I'm stoked. Yeah, this has been on my bucket list for like 15 years.
1: Meet the brave souls who braved the waters for the annual polar bear dip plus.
0: Actually didn't expect
5: she's gonna come out like today. Yeah, midnight.
1: Meet the newborn who's not even one day old and has already achieved a very unique accomplishment. The province's New Year's baby is here and it's a girl. We'll catch up with her proud parents a bit later in the show. Stay with us. Some good news on this first day of the new year. Most Canadians say they are at least somewhat optimistic about 2023. According to Ipsos polling conducted exclusively for Global News, six in ten people say... They are optimistic their finances will improve this year. The same amount are optimistic Canada will make meaningful progress on reconciliation with indigenous communities. As for the environment, only 45% are optimistic we will make progress fighting climate change. People aged 18 to 34 were significantly more likely to be optimistic on nearly all of the topics. For a brave few, the only way to welcome in a new year is to plunge into local frigid waters. And in Vancouver, that tradition was celebrated for the 103rd time this year, with the return following the pandemic pause of the polar bear swim in English Bay. Travis Prasad was there.
10: Dressed for summer on a winter day, people are getting a fresh, albeit cold, start to the new year.
8: I'm stoked. Yeah. This has been on my bucket list for like 15 years. Something new, something different. It's a good
11: way to start the year, right? Try something new and fresh that you haven't done before. I don't think
2: have that
10: Over 6,000 people registered through the park board to participate in the polar bear swim at English Bay after a two-year pause. With pandemic restrictions on gatherings lifted, the only thing stopping people from going in would be a lack of courage. But there's none of that here.
8: I'm not nervous
1: at all. <laughs>
0: I'm excited. First event of 2023. Um, you know, beautiful sun, uh, you know, great temperatures. Uh, we couldn't have asked for better uh, conditions for everyone to be out here and enjoying this.
10: Vancouver's Polar Bear Swim is one of the oldest of its kind. It started small back in 1920 by Vancouver resident Peter Pantages, a young man with an affinity for swimming. Today, his granddaughter keeps the chili tradition alive. Now with live music, food, and drinks, it's grown into a celebration.
8: I am so proud. Like, so many people came down to celebrate the New Year here. Um, We have rekindled the tradition, and it's just so amazing to see so many smiles on so many people's faces.
10: At 2.30, the much-anticipated moment arrives. (laughs) The water is a cool 6.5 degrees Celsius. Some rush out as fast as they got in.
8: Colder than ice, which
6: is the most refreshing thing ever. It varies
10: every year, but it's all very cold. Others take time to soak up the moment. What's clear is teamwork and camaraderie make the chilly experience a little easier to handle.
4: Live life to the fullest, and you have the best people in your life, and you just enjoy,
8: just do whatever.
2: Yeah,
10: new new
9: experiences.
10: Leaning on friends and family to get through life's challenges, not a bad approach to 2023.
1: Travis Prasad, Global News. And hundreds of people plunged into the frigid waters of Okanagan Lake today as well. It marked the return of Kelowna's polar bear dip after being put on ice the previous two years because of the pandemic. The dip was organized by the Community Recreational Initiative Society. They hope to raise $50,000 for programs and equipment to help people living with special needs enjoy the outdoors. Organizers and participants are just happy the dip is back in person after doing it virtually last year. Obviously, you know, doing a virtual event, um,
6: it, it still works, but it's, it's not quite the same. Right, so being able to have you know, hundreds of people down on the beach like this again is really cool.
8: I'm doing like a bucket list before I go away from Canada, and I have like a month, so the polar dip is on my bucket list. I moved here two years ago, but COVID stopped it, and I paid my ticket to do it home, just jump in the snow, but it wasn't the same thing. So I'm trying it this year for the first time.
11: Oh, well, it's a good way to start the new year, and uh, also a good way to get rid of the hangover. <laughs>
1: And a smaller yet very brave group of people jumped into a pond on Ness Lake that's 35 kilometers northwest of Prince George. Around 80 people dipped into the minus 3 degrees Celsius water. It was held at the Ness Lake Bible Camp, which sponsored today's polar bear dip. The event is a fundraiser to help send underprivileged children to the camp. Good for them. Coming up, a labor of love nearly a decade in the
4: making it's been a very long arduous journey a
1: long-standing city landmark it's a major facelift the restoration and revitalization of the iconic ho-ho restaurants plus
10: electric vehicles for the most part are reliable they'll start in cold weather at a push of the button
1: okay but how about in minus 40 we'll head to northern bc where drivers emerging from a wicked winter wallop give the ultimate first-hand reviews of their electric vehicles after driving in a deep freeze. That's coming up. Stay with us. The city of Vancouver recently approved an up to $50,000 grant to repair the facade of the Chinatown Heritage Building that used to house a neon landmark. The money is just a drop in the bucket of what's needed to bring back the Ho-Ho restaurant. But as Kristen Robinson reports, its owner is determined to succeed at any cost
0: getting everything ready on the site.
8: Carol Lee is nearing the end of a marathon restoration. It's been a very long, arduous journey.
0: We have a full bar in this end.
8: The Chinatown Foundation chair is relaunching the iconic Ho Ho restaurant in its original location in the Sunnah Hotel.
0: We just need a permit, yes, to get the door open.
8: When it opened in 1954, the Ho Ho anchored a neon strip of nightlife on Pender Street serving home-style Cantonese cooking for more than four decades. It was a place where people would come when they first moved here from all parts of the world, uh, where Vancouverites used to uh, celebrate different, you know, anniversaries, birthdays. Her late father, business leader and philanthropist Robert Lee, discouraged her from trying to recreate history in a more than century-old SRO building on a floodplain. He goes, oh, you're crazy. You can't open it. Too complicated. But Lee, who says restaurants are a key ingredient in the recipe for revitalization, persevered, opening a successful Chinatown barbecue in 2017. And I thought the ho-ho would probably be the granddaddy of that. You know, if we could reopen the ho-ho, um, Chinatown's back. When the ho-ho sign came down in 1997, Fu's ho-ho later moved in on the ground floor refreshing the neon bowl of noodles and old-style food before Lee took over in 2015.
7: These are the Ho Ho letters.
8: Working from sketches and old photos, Galaxy Signs is bringing back the nine meters of neon. It took us 13 revisions to finish and get all the approval. The new sign, very similar to the original, with its signature bowl of noodle
7: soup and chopsticks. We are so excited to uh, bring back part of history to that area.
0: Uh, A lot of senior guests, have been asking me, hey, when the hoes open again, when when the doors open. It's a journey of many steps. And of course, this is a big leap.
8: With an appetite for memories and community, Andy Yan believes the Ho-Ho's rebirth will light a brighter future for the neighbourhood.
0: That it is one of those institutions that connects Vancouverites just right across the spectrum. This is our right server area. Yeah.
8: Renovations are waiting on a building permit upgrade from the city. Once approved, Lee expects it'll take six months to recreate the main floor dining room and modernize the mezzanine bar and event space. I think I feel pretty confident that it'll open in 2023.
1: Kristen Robinson, Global News. Coming up, giving a whole new meaning to flying first class. It was incredible. (laughs) How Canadians stranded in Mexico in a flight cancellation fiasco landed themselves on a private jet home. We'll explain after the break. Stay with us.
5: You're watching Global BC. Well,
1: more and more Sunwing passengers are finally getting back to Canada after they were stranded for days when the airline suddenly canceled their flights. That includes a group from Quebec who were stuck at an airport in Mexico. But as Dan Spector explains, they found themselves flying home literally in the seats of NFL stars.
5: I am very happy to be home. <laughs> it was a week of fun in the sun for Marise Plourde of Quebec's Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean region. Fourteen members of her family escaped the cold on an all-inclusive sun-wing trip to the Dominican Republic. But it was when they tried to get home the trouble began. She explains the airport shuttle bus never came to the resort on December 27th, the day they were supposed to fly back to Quebec at 4 p.m. After paying their own way to the airport, she says the group found out their flight was delayed. She says they spent 12 hours waiting at the airport in 30 degree heat with a bunch of crying, exhausted children sleeping on the floor only to be told at 1 a.m. by Sunwing reps that they were being transferred to buses to go to a hotel. She says Sunwing told her group and hundreds of other Quebecers they might not be able to leave the country until January 2nd.
1: But
9: the 29th, we went to the
5: On December 29th, Sunwing sent them back to the airport in the afternoon, but that flight was delayed too. Another 12 hours of waiting until they nearly got on a flight, only to be told the pilot was too exhausted to fly. We left for a hotel at 4.30 in the morning, she said, and needed to be back at the airport at noon. After a few hours of sleep, on December 30th, they finally came face-to-face with the aircraft Sunwing sent to bring the dozens of Quebec families home, a plane belonging to the NFL's New England Patriots.
6: It was uh, incredible.
5: (laughs) The group was in disbelief. Plourde quickly noticed the roomy seats intended for hulking football players. Lots of legroom. There was some disappointment. The crew couldn't speak French, but no major complaints. Sunwing did not respond to our request for comment today, but Plourde doesn't think she'll ever travel with them again after a voyage that gave repatriation a whole new meaning. Dan Spector, Global News, Montreal.
1: Okay, such a funny story, but that actually sounds kind of nice. Bonchelle is here <laughs> with looking at forecast. <laughs> sounds like big, spacious seats and legroom, yeah. as they said, which I like. Okay. Beautiful day today for the first day of the year.
3: Yeah, it was a nice start to 2023. Yeah. We had a bit of drizzle and fog this morning for a few areas, but we managed to get into some sunshine. We are tracking a frontal system and weather maker that's taking aim along the north and central coast. Most areas, though, across the south coast, will still see dry conditions overnight tonight. Now, with that weather maker, we are going to see very windy conditions along the Heidigui with gusts of up to 110 kilometers per hour. This continues into Monday, and we've also got a special uh, fog advisory, and this includes the West Columbia. If for traveling along the Rogers Pass and for the Fraser Canyon. Now the Rogers Pass will start to see the fog lift for the morning hours, but the Fraser Canyon could stick a little longer. We'll take it in towards the afternoon before we start to see some breaks. The outlook for Metro Vancouver overnight tonight, a touch cooler will be down to two. We are looking at a partly cloudy sky and then we're back into some sunshine. It'll be a pleasant one for our Monday. Highs will bump up to seven underneath a mix of sun and cloud. A look ahead though as we get in late day in towards our Tuesday. We do have the potential for some showers and then the next Juicy weather maker is going to move in late Wednesday. And by Thursday, it'll be periods of rain. So a heads up. Nice start for tomorrow. However, we'll be back into that sunshine once again. Now, the northern half of the province with very windy conditions along the coast. It's high to Gwaii, gusts of up to 110 kilometers per hour. The north and central coast could still see those winds continuing into the morning hours between 60 and up to 80 kilometers per hour. Partly cloudy skies for Prince George, minus three. Much of the southern half of the province, if you're traveling along the mountain passes, there is a nice break in there with just some fog for the morning hours and then dissipating as we get in through the day. The Thompson Okanagan, slight chance for an isolated flurry. Areas near Whistler will bump up to the freezing mark. Along the south coast, the northern and western regions of the island could still see a slight chance for a morning shower or a bit of drizzle and then it should start to ease off. But much of the lower mainland, we are going to see... Temperatures down to two. A few spots in the Fraser Valley will be a touch cooler down to the freezing mark, and then we'll rebound through the day. Five in potential to seven for most areas. Winds tomorrow easterly up to 20 kilometers per hour. Bit unsettled Tuesday, sunshine on Wednesday, and then that next weathermaker that's bringing in heavier rain will likely be late Wednesday and in towards our Thursday. Sarah? All right, Ivan, thanks. We'll see you in a few minutes.
1: Well, last month's deep freeze across the province put the resilience of a lot of things and people to the test from houses to vehicles. And as Caden Fanshaw of CKPG News reports, you may be surprised at how well most electric vehicles weathered that winter storm.
2: When the mercury dipped down into the minus 40s in December, you might have been thinking when a gas car can't start, there's no way an electric car could run either. Well, you would have been wrong. So this was a new record for me, minus 40s. Um, last year, I did, we did have minus 30s. I did some tests there, but this was a different level. So this time, um, I didn't have any issues for reliability for the EV. But my other two gas vehicles had F-150, have a Honda Accord. Both of those, I just wouldn't start. Other makes and models of electric vehicles having similar results according to their owners. After all, plugging in these cars is really nothing special.
10: Electric vehicles, for the most part, are reliable. They'll start in cold weather at a push of the button and you have electric heaters or heat pumps with electric heaters inside. So uh, in the cold weather, five minutes or so, you typically get really nice comfortable warmth. you got
2: heated seats, a lot of them have heated steering wheels. The only catch during the cold snap was the range and the charging speed, say users although it wasn't anything they couldn't manage. That's, that's something that's known. Um, so in very cold weather for me, I, have a, I gather the statistics, and at minus 40, I lose about 55% uh, range. And so what that means for this, if I want to do long-distance driving, it's still doable because I get about 250 kilometers range at 50%. Even for older models like this Nissan LEAF owned by Doug, it's no worse than any combustion engine. Now when you drive, the battery
10: warms up. When you charge, the battery warms up. So if you're using it once, twice a day, even to minus 40 weather, uh, it'll start
2: in the morning when you wanna go. Ironically, if it wasn't for exhaust from the other cars on the road, Mark's Tesla could even self-drive with success.
0: So far it's working.
2: The only surprise for him. Just how cold minus 40 is. That's my first time being in minus 40. Whether you're an EV driver or not, it's hard to argue with that. Caden Fanshawe, CKPG News.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Minus 40 <laughs> is no joke. That's actually good to know for electric vehicle drivers in the future.
3: Barry DeLay.
1: Mm-hmm.
11: I was going to say it's not a dry cold. Not an electric vehicle driver, but good to no. yeah, It's
3: a dry always. cold. Both Barry and I have a bit in Alberta. <laughs> yeah.
11: <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, I'm uh, still, still putting the gasoline in. I'm old mm. school don't have bet one of those electric cars yet I will one day I'm scared of shocking myself you know good point. Um, <laughs> Yes, it's uh, NFL Sunday, of course, and the Seahawks had to win to basically keep their hopes alive, and they did against the Jets. But Seattle needs some help. They got a little today. They're going to need a little bit more next week, so we'll try to sort all through all that for you. And uh, take a look back at uh, not a very good way for the Canucks to uh, end 2022. Last night losing a Calgary, and uh, Coach Bruce was not happy with his star players, and uh, we'll hear from him coming up.
1: Uh-oh. Okay, big day in sports today, this New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Yvonne. Coming up, longstanding calls for justice and resources renewed as we enter the new year. Speaking about this so much, nobody really listens to me because I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Advocates for missing and murdered Indigenous women call for action on a national crisis as lives continue to be lost. That's after the break. See you with us. Thousands of Indigenous women, girls and two-spirit people have gone missing or been murdered in Canada. The stories of victims' families across the country came to a head last month in Winnipeg, where an alleged serial killer has now been charged. Four Indigenous women are believed to be his victims. They are just the latest casualties of a national crisis that advocates say is not being met with adequate urgency or resources. Nitu Garcha reports.
7: In northern BC, this notorious stretch of Highway 16 is known as the Highway of Tears. On account of the multitude of Indigenous women and girls who were murdered or have gone missing while traveling along it. Signs are still up with their posters and a warning for girls not to hitchhike. When
6: Greyhound pulled out, it was was just a blow to everybody in Canada, especially Western Canada.
7: There are ongoing calls for a national, reliable, and affordable bus system.
1: The most vulnerable that may not have the fa- the, the connections or you know not have the money that end up hitchhiking, and that's that's a, that's a very real threat. It's still something that we need to contend with.
7: Mary T.G. is helping direct the B.C. government's commitment of nearly $10 million for a Highway 16 action plan. It includes expanding transit options, using community vehicles through a grant program, and installing web
1: cameras and bus shelters. That action plan I think ought to be an exemplar across Canada, but they also should be looking at that action plan for the rest of the
4: province of B.C. I hate to say it and I, I didn't want to go there but you know if it wasn't indigenous women with this uh with would this already be happening you know because it's indigenous women is and girls and two spirit and gender diverse is is this why it's taking so long
7: some also want to see accountability from the catholic church which ran many of canada's residential institutions the issue was taken to the vatican in the spring <laughs> Advocate Lorelai Williams says she paid her own way to Rome during the Indigenous delegation meetings with the pontiff in hopes of raising awareness.
8: I've been out there on the front lines speaking about this so much. Nobody really listens to me because I'm at the bottom of the barrel. In Canada, Indigenous women are at the very bottom.
7: She did the same in Edmonton when the Pope came to Canada. I feel like the Pope is not touching on it at all. Back home in Vancouver, she helps families search and fight for justice for their loved ones. Wilson says they formed a coalition but have few resources.
4: Everybody just volunteers their time, so I'm thinking of you know, the women that go on searches. I'm thinking of the women that take up the role to do victim's assistance. I'm thinking of the women and uh, elders that go to the courts.
7: Some advocates here call it a clear national crisis and wonder why it isn't being treated like one. Nitu Garcha, Global News.
1: We understand these stories may be emotional and upsetting for many people. There is support available for survivors and their families. The number is toll-free in 24 hours a day and you can speak in confidence at the number on your screen. That's 1-800-721-0066. Coming up, Barry is back with a very busy New Year's Day of sports highlights. Plus,
9: they are like, oh, it's been like after New Year. Yeah,
1: yeah.
9: And they were like making a big fuss about it. I'm like, one more push.
1: (laughs) It's a girl. Meet the very first baby born this year province wide and her very proud parents. That is coming up after sports. Stay with us.
11: Don't miss Grammy Award-winning musician Ed Sheeran. Catch him in Vancouver at
0: BC Place on the Mathematics Tour on September 2nd with special guests Khaled and Maisie Peters. Tickets and
11: info available online. Don't miss National Geographic's Beyond King Tut, the immersive experience, and go beyond the mask through nine distinct multi-sensory galleries and unlock the 3,300-year-old story of the life, death, and discovery of King Tut. For RBC, I'm Michael
5: Newman. Global BC Community Hub. Promote your event. Build your community. Global BC Community Hub. Bringing your worlds together.
1: Welcome back. Barry is back with a Mm -hmm. busy... New Year's Day of sports highlights. Exactly how New Year's Day should be.
11: Just to love the way to start uh, 23 Absolutely. like we ended 22, with action! Mm-hmm. All right, thanks, Sarah. Love Despite it. the fact uh, they'd lost five of six, the Seahawks still have a shot at making the NFL playoffs. They need to win their final two games and then get some help. But first things first, the Seahawks needed to beat the New York Jets at Lumen Field today. But Seattle, strangely enough, has struggled on home field this year. Three straight losses and three of their uh, just three wins wins and four losses overall on their home field. Geno Smith taking on his former team. Played for the Jets from 2013 to 2016. Did not play very good in New York, but he's been awesome in Seattle and He's had a breakout year, but so is this guy, rookie Kenneth Walker. How about this? A 60-yard run to start the day. Leads the team with nine touchdowns. Had 123 more yards today. Now he's just 64 short of 1,000 yards. More importantly, that big run sets up the first touchdown of the game. Geno Smith to the tight end, Colby Parkinson. Seahawks need just three plays to get into the end zone. They're up 7 nothing. Mike White back at quarterback for the Jets had some good success before missing a few games with the injured ribs but today was a different story picked off by Condre Diggs to snuff out the Jets opening drive and New York really struggled offensively final play of the first quarter Geno Smith looks like he is going to run this one for a first down but Last second, a little shovel pass to D.J. Dallas. Good decision because Dallas has a lot of room to gallop. 42 yards gets the Seahawks deep into Jets territory, and that big play leads to this. Gino at the quick hitter to tight end, Tyler Mabry, just elevated from the practice squad this week. His first game of the year, his only catch is a touchdown, and everyone is pumped up and happy for Mabry, even this fierce little fan. Second half was a defensive struggle. Mike White firing over the middle, but that is picked by Michael Jackson. Seattle defense coming up big, did not allow a touchdown as the Seahawks take care of business, beating the Jets 23-6. Seattle's now 8-8. Eight eight. They finish next week at home to the Rams now Seahawks need some help. Carson Wentz and the Commanders make the playoffs if they win their last two, but the Browns had other ideas. Deshaun Watson to Amari Cooper, who makes a slick move down the sidelines, takes it 46 yards. For the touchdown and it's 10-7 Browns in the third quarter. Later in the third, Browns knocking on the door again. Watson over the middle to Donovan Peoples-Jones and he takes it in for the touchdown. Browns extend that lead to 17-7 and while Carson Wentz through three interceptions Deshaun Watson through for three touchdowns connects with Amari Cooper one more time to put this one away so the Browns do the Seahawks a big favor knocking off the Commanders 24-10 Washington actually eliminated from the playoffs with that loss. So. Seahawks need one more favor to control their own destiny next week. A Packer loss to the Vikings at Lambeau Field. But the Pack, who were 4-8 just a month ago, have got it going. It helps when you get a 105-yard kick return for a touchdown from Keyshawn Nixon. Packers jump out 7-3 on the Vikings. And then later in the first, with Minnesota driving to take the lead, the Kirk Cousins pass is tipped. And then it's picked by the Packers. Darnell Savage and he takes this one all the way back. So a kick return touchdown and a 75-yard interception return for a touchdown. Two huge plays for the Packers. It was that kind of day for them at Lambeau. Second quarter, Aaron Rodgers, 21 yards to Robert Tanyan as Green Bay runs it up on Minnesota, 41-17. Green Bay now 8-8, eight eight, just like Seattle and Detroit, but the Packers own the tiebreaker over Seattle. So if Green Bay wins next week, they're in. The Seahawks need to beat the Rams and hope the Lions upset the Packers. All right, speaking of Detroit, Detroit still in the playoff mix, had to beat the hapless Bears today, and that was no problem. DeAndre Swift with a 17-yard burst for the touchdown, 14-10 lines in front. And then Jared Goff will find Brock Wright for his second touchdown of the game, 21 10, Detroit in front. The Lions ended up scoring 31 unanswered points. DeAndre Swift will get his second major of the day. It's a 21-yard touchdown. Lions stay alive, blasting the Bears 41-10. Detroit is 8-8. Eight eight. They can get in, two by beating Green Bay and hopes the Seahawks lose next week to the Rams. And one more to go. New York football giants with a chance to clinch their first playoff berth since 2016. And that wasn't a problem against the hapless Colts. Daniel Jones had a big day. Quick strike to Isaiah Hodgins. Giants up 14-3 and did not look back. Late in the half, Landon Collins is going to pick off Nick Foles and takes it all the way back at 52-yard pick-six. Giants led 24-3 at the half and more of the same in the second half. It was a warm day in New York, a warm day out east. A lot of the temperatures in the plus 10, plus 12 Celsius range, which the players don't mind when it can be freezing. Jones with one of two touchdown runs, 38-10. The Giants win. They're in the playoffs. And also, Tampa Bay clinched a playoff spot in the nfc as well different kind of football english premiership harry kane and spurs home to aston villa and it's the visitors who strike first early second half hugo Lloris can't handle the shot from distance and that leads to this goal from emmy buendia hammers at home one nil aston villa and they're back for more beautiful finish here from douglas louise brilliant play under pressure and aston villa get a big three points knocking off spurs two nil tottenham remain fifth Two points behind Man United, Villa now up to 12th place. The Canucks lost 3-2 in Calgary last night, but it wasn't really that close. Spencer Martin had to make some huge saves to make it respectable. But the most concerning thing for Bruce Boudreaux was the effort or lack of it from his key players. Lazy back-checking, just a lack of hunger for the puck. Elements that have to be there every night for the Canucks just to have a chance to win. And it was noticeably absent last night in Calgary. Sometimes your best players have to be your best players, and
5: uh, I didn't think our best players in that second period were our best players, and consequently when that happens, you know, you you get behind the eight ball. Battles on the one-on-one battles,
11: I mean, we weren't winning, and and sometimes when you're playing a bigger team, you've got to get in there and get two guys
5: and three guys in there so you win the battles, and uh, too many of us were looking to be in the spot where you get the puck and get it to me and I'll score rather than going in and helping to get it.
11: NHL tonight from Seattle, Kraken and Islanders. Kraken have lost three straight, five of their last seven. They've fallen out of a playoff spot in the West, but get a good start. Ryan outer to the former Oiler Adam Larson, who snaps it home, one nothing, Seattle, but late in the first. Islanders tie it, and it's Coquitlam's Matthew Barzell who slips it past another B.C. boy, North Van's Martin Jones, and that makes it 1-1 after one, but Seattle goes back in front in the second, now 2-1, and then Oliver Bjorkstrand. Cash is the rebound here, so it's 3-1 Seattle after two. The Islanders visit the Canucks Tuesday night. Also today in the NHL, Carolina Hurricanes, hottest team in the NHL, riding a 10-game win streak at New Jersey. Second period, Sebastian Ajo gets a gift from Devils goalie Mackenzie Blackwood. Happy New Year to you. 2-1 Hurricanes. Devils had a big third, though. They scored three times, including this one by Jesper Bratt, who's having a good year for the Devils. They led 4-3, but... Carolina got a four-on-three power play and cash in right away. Martin Neckes with the uh, screenshot finds the top corner, his 16th of the year. Ties at 4-4. It would go to the shootout and it's Andre Svechnikov who scores the only goal. This is a nice quick move to the forehand and the Hurricanes run their win streak to 11. That's what the Canucks need on an 11-game win streak. 5-4 is the final. And we'll finish with this. Sabres and Senators, a special moment for Trail BC's Jake Lucchini, 27-year-old, playing just his fifth NHL game for the Sens and that's his first NHL goal. What a moment for uh, Lucini and his family. He's the 15th player from Trail to score an NHL goal as the Senators won 3-1 is a game winner to boot. <laughs> so many great players from Trail, like... Uh Bray Ferraro and the Tambellini's, and now you can add Jake Lucchini. He played for the Smoke Eaters junior team there. He's played in the in college and the minors, but got his first NHL chance at 27, which wow. is kind of older for most guys, So, but he got his goal, so good for him.
1: That was so cool to see that big smile. Yeah, was he's nice very well.
11: happy. It's a big <laughs> relief. He's got an Congratulations NHL goal. Jake. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, coming up, it's a girl. Meet BC's New Year's baby just after the break. Welcome back, and a very big congratulations tonight to a Fraser Valley couple who welcomed BC's New Year's baby just minutes into 2023. Meet the proud parents right here. Mom, Thea, Dad, Arbin, and their beautiful baby girl, Gabriella Louise. Their daughter was born at 1202 this morning at Abbotsford Regional General Hospital, weighing in at a small but very healthy five pounds, 10 ounces. Gabriella is the first in more ways than one. She's also the couple's first child. Her parents say they were surprised and delighted that their daughter ended up being the first child born in the entire province this year they were like making a big fuss about it i'm like hmm. one more push <laughs> yeah she really
10: made it she actually pushed uh, the baby like three times and she's out yeah 20 minutes to deliver so so fast
9: <laughs> i was just like good job me and good job baby and doctors <laughs> that nurses as well
4: I'm very, very proud of her. Um, The last minute, the last 15 minutes, that was 11.45, um, she was asked by the nurse, um, would you want a uh, December 31st or January 1st? She was like, my mom wanted January 1st, but I really don't care right now. I just want her out. (laughs) Happy Happy New Year.
1: Year! (laughs) Okay, that is awesome. And good job, Mom, for Mm -hmm. sure. Gabriella is absolutely beautiful. Congratulations. Okay, Yvonne, quick look at the weather before we go.
3: We are going to see a bright spot for tomorrow underneath the mix of sun and cloud. Temperatures up to 7. A few showers on Tuesday and the next round of rain late Wednesday and towards our Thursday so far.
1: Okay, sounds good. That's all for us this evening. Thanks for being with us. Happy New Year once again. We'll see you right back here at 11 o'clock. Good night.